when you are in the middle of the ocean, you're in the middle of nowhere. Uh, the remoteness is unreal. And like you say, you look ahead of you and the next bit of land is in two or three weeks. So you know that there is no one to come and save you. There is no escape. There is no regret. You can't just go back. Uh, and you have to do what you have to do to keep the boat moving forward. And it is a matter of life or death. Hello and welcome back to Series 2 of The Smart Revolution, a podcast dedicated to oral health promotion with a mission to inspire dental hygienists, dental therapists and the dental profession in your career. I'm Victoria Wilson, a dental therapist and the poignant dental professional I have the pleasure of interviewing this week is Memnia Theodorou, a dentist from Cyprus. Memnia built her dental career in the UK in London for the past 10 years with a special interest in aesthetic dentistry and facial aesthetics. In need of a breakout from her career and an adventure that she expands on in the podcast, she signed up to take part in an international sailing race called Clip Around the World Yacht Race. Memnia only had limited sailing knowledge prior to the race and had never been out at sea for more than a few hours. She has covered more than 18,000 nautical miles in total, becoming the first and only Cypriot to have sailed from the UK to Australia on a racing sailing boat that took five months. Today, Memnia splits her time between England and Cyprus, combining dentistry with her love of adventurous activities. She has been invited onto various stages to share her story, including TEDx Nicosia, and has evolved as a motivational speaker and workshop trainer. She is currently studying at the University of East England Applied Positive Psychology and Coaching Psychology. I have invited Memnia onto the show after meeting her at the Big Vision Conference and hearing her speak about her life-changing trip around the world on a boat where she sailed through some of the most treacherous weather conditions and isolated areas of the planet facing not only the extremes in weather, but also life-threatening situations. In this podcast, there are so many parts throughout our conversation that are going to impact you personally on a positive level, reflecting on the power of the mind and transferring our mindset and reflecting on observations and having control over our narrative that will give you inspiration and the confidence to adapt, to feel free to live your life as you wish. This podcast is for anyone in the dental profession. Through listening to our conversation, I hope you learn, gain inspiration and ideas for furthering your career paths, supporting oral health promotion to achieve oral health for all. But just before we get started, I want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, Densplice Arona, that make it possible to create this content for you. 
as the partner and sponsor, they believe in the vision that sharing such content from our interviewees can advance us as a profession and stimulate change. And this podcast is guaranteed to motivate you, to give you the courage you may be searching for to take that leap forward and not hold back. So why don't you join me so we can continue conversations from the podcast on my Smart Practice course on the 27th of March, 2020. This is for all Cavatron or ultrasonic device users where I will be teaching you everything about how to maximize on the use of a Cavatron for every patient to ensure you are getting the most out of it for every patient. We will also be doing a live podcast recording. So don't miss out. It is going to be an informative, dynamic day supporting your advancements in your career path. To find out more and take advantage of this incredible offer, visit www.densplicerona.com forward slash smile revolution and enter our promo code smile5 for 50% off. Memnia, welcome on to the Smile Revolution podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show today. Thank you very much for the invitation. It is an honor to be on this podcast that, you know, applies to healthcare professionals and dentists and therapists and everyone involved. Well, no, I mean, after meeting you at the Big Vision Conference um, at the end of last year, I was so inspired after (laughs) your delivery of your lecture and what journey you've been on that I, I was so inspired after hearing it. I feel that if we can share um, what you've gone through with the listeners here to reach them um, and have that impact that you had on me, wow. So I, I had to invite you onto the show. So thank well, you. Thank you very much. And thank you for the feedback. I mean, the sole reason that I'm doing what I'm doing and sharing my story, because sometimes it's not easy to share that kind of story, especially standing in front of people. Um, The reason why I do it is because when I was in a dark place, stories of other people who overcame their adversities inspired me to get out of my own dark spot. So this is the reason why I do what I do. So thank you. It means a lot that you felt touched. I felt very touched and and very moved by your story. Um, Memnia, just to give an insight for the listeners into what I was really left with from your your story. Memnia traveled for 18,000 miles, am I correct? Yes, yes. Um, on a boat from St. Catherine's Dock in London to Australia. Mm-hmm. And the one thing yeah. that I really took away from your lecture, and I'm sure you're going to share a bit more throughout our talk today, is that when you are in that moment where there's nothing between you and, and the mast and the open sea, you have to act in that moment. You have no choice. And from your lecture and from your learnings through what you shared in your experience of being on that boat for five months was that that should really apply to everything we do in life. And for the purpose of this podcast recording for the dental profession, 
nothing should hold us back in advancing what we are doing collectively to support the public's health moving forward. And our fears shouldn't come in, in, in any way into stopping us from working and striving to do the best we can always do. So, Memory, yes. can you take us back to and just a, 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 an insight into your journey of where so it started? When you, well, yes. And, um, to touch upon what you mentioned there is when you are in the middle of the ocean, you're in the middle of nowhere. Uh, the remoteness is unreal. And, and like you say, you look ahead of you and the next bit of land is in two or three weeks so you know that there is no one to come and save you there is no escape there is no regret you can't just go back uh, and you have to do what you have to do to keep the boat moving forward and it is a matter of life or death if you take action or not so when you find yourself in in a situation when there is no plan b there is nothing to fall back on so then you march forwards. And many times, this applies to dentists and non-dentists, of course, we hold ourselves back because we are in that comfort zone. We have that plan B at the back of our heads. So, you know, we march ahead, but slowly and steadily and with hesitation. And we always have that plan B and that safety zone. So we never really forge ahead. So what happened there is that I didn't have that option. And it was a matter of deciding whether I would stick on my excuses, why this can't be done or why it's very difficult for me or why it's too hard or it's too cold. I could either stick with my excuses or I could just say, well, you know, nobody's going to come and save me unless I sail this boat and then move ahead. So. I brought back this attitude in my own life and the way I practice dentistry and the way I live my life because this is this applies both in our profession but also in our professional lives. Um, I had, you know, I, I was in a place in my life where I was stuck at a at a job uh, working for the NHS in that particular environment that I was in, and I was comfortable but I was not happy, and things were deteriorating in the workplace that I was too scared to let go of my security, of my net, and I was miserable. I could see it, but my fears were bigger, and now my attitude is totally different when it comes to matters either in my professional life or in my personal life, so I now think more of what good could come from this big change rather than fearing the change, rather than fearing taking that next step and always worrying that it might end up somewhere that I don't like. I think, well, what if I land somewhere that I do like? What, what if the benefits are bigger? What, what if what I find on the other side is actually more beautiful and more rewarding and more fulfilling? So this is the notion that I apply now in my both in my professional and my personal life. That's wonderful. And to hear your story of travelling for, for five months out at sea, <laughs> um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real decision to do anything like that. So what advice would you give to any listeners if they are feeling maybe slightly complacent, in their position or not necessarily fully fulfilled what 
what would you say that maybe they should look into exploring um, in regards to stepping out of their comfort zone to take on a challenge like you did? What, what advice could you give them? Well, first of all, I think we need to say this. I mean, um, you watched my talk, but a lot of the people probably don't know what we are talking about, is that I found myself in a real dark spot, a bad place in life, a rough patch. And this is why I took such a big decision. Uh, I had lost my sister to cancer and I was in a relationship that was the least, you could say, dysfunctional. And obviously I mentioned already about the workplace that I was in, that it was not ideal situation, it was a toxic environment. So sometimes people need either a huge motivation or something they need to run away from to take such a big decision and find themselves on a boat in the middle of nowhere for five months. So unless you are in that uh, space, I don't think you can find easily the motivation to do something so sure. extreme. So what I did probably does not apply to everyone, but for people who are in a place in their lives and they're not fulfilled, um, maybe things are not so dramatic like in my case, but they are complacent and they're not really happy. There are ways to increase that happiness. And actually, this is what I'm studying now. Like we mentioned <laughs> earlier, I'm studying applied positive psychology and coaching psychology as a master's now after this journey, which is the study of happiness and how to make people happy. So this is applied positive psychology. It's people who are not necessarily let's say depressed or in a very dark place but they're just languishing they're not really happy so there are practical steps and they're called interventions or things that you could do in your everyday life that you could bring up these levels of happiness if you're not feeling it but um Beyond that, if the reason these uh, people are, um, if, if the reasons are because something makes them profoundly unhappy, then I would encourage them to have the, the courage and the bravery to look at that thing straight in the eyes and admit to themselves that, you know, this is what makes me ha unhappy, whether it's their job place or their relationship or their profession or, I don't know, their bodies or whatever that might be to not be afraid to look at it straight in the eyes and say look I need to change something on this matter yeah. and I do need to take that step forwards and not hold myself back and things will be better if I do that yeah I like what you said you know looking it straight in the eyes and saying look maybe it, it doesn't need to be so dramatic or drastic that's making you or have that leads to you having that urge that you really need to search for something, but just being honest with yourself, whatever mm -hmm. it may be within your professional life or wanting to do something more within your professional life. So thank you so much for that. I think that's, you know, great advice. It certainly resonated with me. We mustn't sit on our laurels. That's a, a saying, isn't it? You know, to like, push yourself, do something. Um, and, and moving on from when you returned, what steps have you taken that maybe you feel that you wouldn't have taken prior to your trip around the world that you've taken afterwards? Um, I've taken so many steps. I mean, the greatest notion that I returned with was this sense of freedom. Um, as in, it's all in our heads. 
we could be free in our everyday lives. I didn't have to go around the world to be free. But um, while I was on this round the world journey, then it made me realize this sense of freedom. And I think the biggest thing that I I came back with, and obviously this does not apply to everyone, it was the thing that I didn't want to be restricted in a nine to five job. Um, I just did not want that. that did not work for me anymore and I had the bravery to step out of that and say look it doesn't scare me but I don't have a steady income it's it's very uh, it's a bit funny I guess to, to make this uh, comparison but when I was on the boat you would prepare your sails for x wind you know you were expecting that type of wind that direction this strength to come you were anticipating this particular wind to come and you would prepare your sails and your sail configuration and you would adjust your course and you would do anything you could to be prepared for that wind and then once you were in it it wind decided to do something completely different and your configuration that you had prepared was not good anymore so then you had to rush and go and change it and then you would change for a bit and then you will be thinking that oh my god i'm all set and that's it for the night, but it wasn't, then it will change again. So it made me come back thinking, no matter how much I think that I can predict future and prepare for it, this is not the case. And no matter how the wind changes, I can always adjust my sails. So I came back with this sense of confidence that I don't need to hold on to a nine-to-five job that I hate just because I'm scared of the wind changes. I can always change my sails. So I did not return to a nine-to-five job. I decided to do locum jobs. And this means that I don't have steady income. I work for a little bit. I go to deprived locations, mainly in the UK, that nobody wants to go. And that's a big, big step. That was that took a lot of courage because I would go to areas like Cornwall, for instance, that nobody really wants to. It's a beautiful place, but nobody wants to go work there. It's a bit isolated and deprived. You don't have the support system there or like you have near London, for instance. So um, I decided that I would not hold a steady job and I will go for a bit here and for a bit there. And I'm not saying this is going to last forever, but for the time being, it was working for me. So I remember myself being fearful before this journey. Yeah. Oh my God, I cannot leave this job because it provides my steady income. And who is going to pay my bills if I decide to take a job with uncertainty that doesn't guarantee me an income uh, every month? Uh, yet after my return, this was the biggest thing that I changed. I have I have confidence in myself that I will figure out the solution no matter the wind direction, let's say. Yeah. And so this is what I do now. For now, for the time being, I go around the UK and I work as a locum. And you adapt accordingly. And you're right, you can't plan for the future. You don't know what's around the corner. As much as we plan or feel comfortable, I'm sure listeners listening can definitely resonate with what you've said about feeling comfortable in a position because you've got the steady income. But really to Mm -hmm. be true to yourself... You need to be able to adapt and and take on board the lesson that you learnt when you were out at sea, adapting the sails on a daily, hourly basis, according to the wind. Yeah, 
according to the wind. Yes, and this was something I was very, very scared to do before. And after my return, I realized that I can practice dentistry with my own standards and I can set the rules of how long I want to work and for how many days and that I could live my life without having to ask permission for holidays. Do you know how liberating that is? Never oh, having sure. to ask anyone permission for holidays. You just go off for as long as you wish, for as long as you have an income, let's say you go on holidays. And it gave me the time and space to explore other things that make me happy that maybe I didn't have the time to do before. I was very tired, like music and dance and playing an instrument. I didn't, I didn't necessarily necessarily have the time or the drive to do these things before because I was overworked and tired. But when you work as a locum and uh, you have the flexibility of time, you have control over your time, then you can adjust what you do and plan things accordingly. So it gave me more freedom. Yeah. And can I ask you, Emma, how do you feel your experience from the boat has impacted you and your dentistry other than locuming? Do you feel your mindset changed any in any way? Yeah, I think it did. Um, this is this is like, maybe this is weird because to say this because sometimes people associate locums with somebody who wants to escape responsibility. But for me, this sailing journey had the contrary effect. I came back striving for excellence. Um, mm. We had a skipper. He used to be in the navy and. He was fastidious. He was so, you know, the boat, how, how we look after the boat represents how we feel about the boat and how important it is the boat for us. Our boat was the most neatly, uh, you know, <laughs> neatly decorated, let's say, in the whole of the marina always. Yeah. He, pa he paid attention to safety and security. He never wanted our lines to be lying around in the cockpit. Every time we had to take care of the boat and have it neat and tidy so we have no accidents. So he was very, like, uh, he took precautions very seriously. So I returned with this strive for excellence. And even though uh, people associate being a locum as uh, sometimes, as people who don't want excellence, I think for me it was the contrary. The fact that I would go into an established workplace and I would be the only one who would come in for a little while and then will go made me even more, um, uh, you know, uh, in tuned to to providing excellent care because I knew that the notes that I would write, the billings that I would do, would be checked by somebody else in six yeah. months. Yeah, yeah. And so if anything, it made me be more, more vigilant and striving for excellence in dentistry. Yeah, well, it's just wonderful hearing the lessons you learned from your external experience, from the profession, living with nature and how that has fed mm. you personally in your career path, um, deciding your choice of your career and also your discipline to practice from what you've just said now. It's just, yeah. I, if anything, it, it's it's comfortable. We get into our routine, don't we, of going to work every day, of our, our routines that are in place within our week. And why not change that, disrupt that, to explore something mm. else, to see how that can feed us in a greater way and our overall fulfillment and, you know, what we're doing and the profession and the public's oral house is what we're about. 
may not go mm-hmm. and explore it, listeners. <laughs> Just talking yeah. to you, I feel that. I mean, I get out, okay, in the garden. That's not really, you know, I'm busy with my children. I love cycling, but I haven't really been on any real vast adventures recently. I have to say, Mammy, I don't think I would go on a five-month boat trip to Australia mm-hmm. at this moment in time. But I would never say never, but you're certainly making me think I should be exploring something else at the, in this moment in time. And why not? Because it can feed the other part of our life so much as it's mm. fed yours. And this is this is what I've come to realize. And obviously, I do understand that you have to be in a, in a specific, in a particular frame of mind to take such a big decision. It's not for everyone. Um, but, you know, there are links with gardening and mental health, you know, yeah. so so or, or doing outdoors activities and green exercise, as it's called, is linked yeah. to better mental health. So I my purpose of talking about my sailing adventure is not to encourage people to ditch their work and just go on sailing for months. Uh, I am trying, though, to make people realize that there is life out there to be lived. It's not just work and sofa and watch Netflix. You could just do something different for an hour or two a week. That's all. That will make you feel more satisfied with your life and have more meaning in your life. So, um for instance, I never thought that I would study anything else apart from dentistry. We talked a, a bit about this before, um, that d- the dental profession felt to me, and it still feels in some ways, less now, a bit restrictive. Um, like when you study finance, you can do all these different jobs. You could be at a bank or you could be an advisor or you could, I don't know, do taxes or whatever. Yeah. And when you study computer science, there are so many things you could do with that degree. Whereas when you study dentistry, well, you're pretty much limited to doing dentistry or teaching dentistry. That's it. Or so I thought. But now, after this experience, I realized how much more life there is out there. So that's why I'm doing now my master's in applied positive psychology and coaching. So I've started putting into practice what I'm learning uh, in my master's. So I work as a dentist still, but only part-time. And... I realized that it's possible to do two things and, and that's fine. So uh, dentistry is part-time now and I've started doing coaching and doing workshops of personal development to help people increase their levels of happiness or find what it is that makes them happy or give them that little nudge they need to get out of that rut they're stuck in. So um, there is a lot more life out there. Um, you just need to be a bit more willing to say, you know, let's try something new. Be more open to experiencing things. Yeah. It doesn't have to be going sailing for five months. It could be gardening or cycling or joining a running club or, or mountaineering, whatever. Yeah, well, certainly from talking to you, it, it does make you think. It does feed you in so many other aspects. And, you know, life is about being fulfilled Um, and happy within your personal life um, and obviously your professional life and certainly you don't have to stick where we are and there's a need from a public health or a health standpoint for us to do more as a profession to overcome oral health inequalities so anything is possible to develop and certainly Uh, yeah what you know Uh I was going to say that a motivated dentist will only be happier at work and help their patients more. So 
um, sometimes we get stuck. But if you find your true happiness and ways and ways to be to feel motivated at work, and you find what fits you better, then obviously the level of work you do and the standards you do will be better as well. You mm. will be providing better healthcare. Yeah, I love what you shared. You know, short time ago about um, your skipper that was in the navy. And as well, looking after your, I guess, your environment, that would be the comparison or your boat or anything, um, determines, you know, really what's going to happen around you because your attention to detail, that then is reflected through your actions and your thought process. My, My, I guess, my reflection on that as well as, you know, if you've got, your books at home and your everything around you is organized, your paperwork's done, you feel in a better place to be After, working. Yeah. You can think more clearly rather than with a clutter. So there are yes, so yeah. many, you know, other comparisons or reflections to have on your learnings from what you've done. And I, I'm sure listeners have a lot to share as well with maybe additional things that they've done out of their work environment yes we're here talking about dentistries predominantly on this podcast you know that's led to them doing something different within their professional life yeah can I ask you Mamia anything else you'd like to share from your remarkable journey around the world that you feel has fed your personal or professional life Oh, so many things. I don't know. Which track do you want me to go on? There's so many things I've learned. Pick your favorite one. Um, I think my favorite one is that we are capable of a lot more things that we give ourselves credit for. Uh, we are capable of a lot more things that we give ourselves credit for. Um, I know that your audience can't see me now, but I'm a relatively short and small woman. And I never thought that I'd be able to handle a massive 70 foot yacht. And and I did. And I never thought that a non-sailor could go on such an adventure, but I did. And I never thought that I would be able to live without a steady income, but I do. And so we are capable of a lot more things than what we believe. And sometimes the only person who stands in the way of us and our dreams is just us. Most of the time, it's just us. And another thing that I learned is that we can choose our own narrative. The narrative, whatever we repeat to ourselves as true, can change and affect so much. We can choose to say you know, it is what it is, or, you know, the fa- my family was like this, and so, you know, what else could I do, and that's it. Or I had so many misfortunes in my life, of course, I'm, uh, you know, uh, I never expect to get out of them or whatever. Our personal narrative can be changed, and by changing the story we repeat in our heads, we can change our lives. Uh, when I was in the dark spot, repeating that I was... A human being not worth loving, let's say, did not do me any favors. And by surrounding myself and being around people who believed in me and helped me switch that narrative and that perspective, I achieved a lot more than I thought it was possible. So um, 
Sometimes we don't have control over our circumstances, but we almost always have control over our narratives. So we are capable of a lot more things than what we believe. And by just changing our personal stories, we can change the outcomes as well. So that was a big lesson for me too. Yeah. Well, I I love again what you've just said, and it is so true, isn't it? Never having, I guess, any thought process in front of you that's going to stop you from changing maybe the narrative you dream of mm, you can yeah. you can make it possible can't you and from a yeah. dental standpoint I, I we broached on how you returned and maybe how that affected you clinically from your overall vision for your career or where you'd like to see yourself in 10 years from now or the profession 10 years from now where do you see yourself now in comparison within dentistry in comparison to before your trip well I'll, you know 10 years is a long time for me to think of but what i'll say is that w what is the main difference that i notice myself now and others is it does come back a little bit to that boat analogy that you said about being tidy and looking after your boat yeah. because what you what, what we need to remember is that that boat is us so the difference that I see uh, now is that I have self-care and I see many dental professionals uh, suffering, you know, with back problems and neck problems and they're overworked and overstressed and understaffed, you know, all, all the lovely things that go sometimes with the NHS. But now I just took a stance and I put self-care higher up on my list. It's almost like top priority yes income is important and status is important and excellence is important but i think my number one now is self-care and mm -hmm. i talk to a lot of my dentist friends and especially women dentists who have family and and they have a lot on their plate and they have back pain for instance and i'll say why don't you go to the gym and the number one response is that i don't have time and the truth is that we all have time. Yes, a mother with three kids obviously will have less time than a single person, of course. But we can always craft the time. We can always cut back a little bit of Netflix or chit-chatting or I don't know. We could cycle to work if it's viable in your, you know, situation, for your situation. But um, the main difference that I see myself now is that I take self-care really mm. seriously i don't want to find myself in that spot that i was before both mentally and physically exhausted in both ways so um i just know my boundaries and i i set my boundaries and i have balance right on the top of the list and i would encourage a lot of the dentists and especially female dentist to consider that balance and self-care and not to consider it as a luxury or a privilege, but actually to be scheduled in their program, even if it means working an hour less or two, three hours less a week. Essentially, this is what it comes down to. I accepted living with a bit less income to have better mental health. And that's it. We can all live with a few hundred pounds less. It's fine. Yeah. You know, we just need to adjust our lifestyles a little bit. And that's it. And our expectations. And we could do that. Oh, that's just wonderful. 
Oh, it's a, what a wonderful place to end this podcast on self-care. And I, I couldn't <laughs> agree more with you, Manya. Uh, it's 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 tiring working hard you've got a family or you not we've all got busy lives and sometimes our self-care can go on the back burner and that Mm. if we can't we're looking after people day in day out through our profession we can't spend that extra time to look after ourselves to make sure we can feel the best we can feel be the healthiest we can potentially be and feel as awake tired and drained as maybe we had been moving forward then that's just a great 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 way to end this podcast thank you so much thank you all you've shared from your incredible journey and i know listeners will gain a lot so thank you but thank you for inviting me thank you very much oh no it's my absolute pleasure but just before we finish this podcast we've got the smile revolution fire round and can i ask you memnia what is your mantra in life now oh my mantra in life Ew, let me think to not afraid to get out there and get out of your comfort zone i think that's it don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone Thank you so much, Memnia. You've been an absolute joy and inspiration to speak to. I feel great after recording this podcast, so I'm sure the listeners will oh, after you. listening. Thank you so Hopefully. much. And if they, have, if they have any questions, then by all means, they are free to contact me. And I'll be sharing Memnia's contact details in all the details about the podcast. So do get in touch if you've got anything to ask. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it, rate it and leave a review. I can't wait to learn how this recording has impacted you. Don't forget to take advantage of the incredible 50% off subscriber offer on the special training at the Dense Blycerona Academy on the 27th of March, 2020. Visit densepliceserona.com forward slash revolution and enter the promo code SMAL5 when you book. And lastly, don't forget to like, subscribe and follow the Smile Revolution on social media for more content. Please engage in the comment section. I will read all and respond to as many as possible. The podcast audio is available on all major platforms and video content on the podcast can now be found on the Smile Revolution YouTube channel. To stay up to date on all Smile Revolution projects, subscribe to the Smile Revolution newsletter by emailing info at smile-revolution.net stating subscribe to newsletter. Thanks so much for joining me and being part of the Smile Revolution.